As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Long ago, before this day's confusion did begin. Throughout the stars did we go wandering Distance was no barrier And time it had no hope Free to come And free to go Free to come And free to go Open up the book Hello everyone and welcome to Karmic Evolutions Astrologically Speaking. I'm your host, Sherry Horn Hassan of Karmic Evolution Astrology, coming to you on May 2nd, 2018 from Contact Talk Radio. Just a quick reminder that the show aims to bring you the truth about astrology and your soul's karmic evolution. So I'm coming to you solo today because I wanted to spend more time talking about the upcoming Saturn-Pluto in Capricorn meetup, which will exact on January 12, 2020. I'm also going to mention very briefly that I have become temporarily the caretaker of a... um, a cockatiel. So if you hear chirping in the background, it's because I completely forgot that he's in the same room as me while I'm doing the radio show. Um, in any case, we're going to try to just ignore him. Anyway, um, but if you hear something, that's what it is. Uh, I, I wanted to go into the Pluto and Capricorn conjunction, which, like I said, is going to perfect in, on January 12th of 2020, which is a while away still. But For whatever reason, I feel that I've been somewhat called to dispense as much information as I can about this because I just feel very strongly that we may be in for some bad weather next year, especially on the financial front. And as always, we can do our best to prepare. And if bad weather doesn't occur, so be it. That's great. But if it does... Uh, at least we'll have done whatever's necessary to fortify ourselves and lessen any negative effects. So first, let me get to this week's uh, more short-term astro news you can use. 
So we're, we're right now today in the dark of the moon as the former lunar cycle ends and the Taurus new moon occurs tomorrow on May 4th at 14 degrees, 11 minutes of the sign of the bull at 3.45 Pacific time and 6.45 p.m. Eastern time. Between now and tomorrow's Taurus new moon, we can be quiet, finish up whatever we've been working on, and get ready to move into something new without dragging any old baggage behind us. The Libra full moon, April 19th, asks us to review our partnerships, to review our independence versus codependence in terms of our partnerships, be they significant, with significant others, with family, with, with colleagues, with bosses or whatever. <laughs> this bird's driving me nuts. <laughs> okay, next time he goes upstairs. Anyway, um, but we're asked to let go of any of this that no longer serves us well. Now, at tomorrow's Taurus new moon, we'll be asked to consolidate that which we find valuable about ourselves and to use these things to further solidify our own sense of self-worth. When the moon meets the sun in Taurus tomorrow, we may want to recognize that two bowls together are stronger than one. So this represents the perfect time to plant seeds around the true meaning of the Taurus archetype. How what brings us pleasure comes to be that which we value most. Both luminaries are waxing into a trine with Saturn, the south node, and Pluto, all in Capricorn. An earth trine is grounding, making this the perfect time to bring the idea of our own value right down into our physical bodies and to solidify that we are unique, solar, creative individuals who worth whose worth is not defined solely by appearance, by, but by what lies underneath. Our true nature in Torian fashion includes our inner beauty and creativity, our love of peace and harmony, our dependability, and our capability to boil things down to their bottom line with less BS, if you know what I mean. And Taurus loves the things that give her pleasure in terms of the five senses. And some of you will remember, I've talked about this before, the taste of good wine or chocolate, the smell of something delicious baking in the oven, the sound of beautiful music, the sight of a gorgeous place in nature, or the feel of something soft and luxurious against our skin. The luminaries at this Taurus full, uh, new moon also make a harmonious sextile to both the Cancer North Node and Neptune in Pisces now. All right, hang on, everyone, because I think I'm going to move this bird. I don't know if he's driving you crazy, but he's definitely driving me a little crazy, so I'm just going to at least take him out of the room. So hang on. Oh, now he wants to bite me. All right, I apologize for this this brief delay. I should have Oh, I should have a commercial I can run, huh? Well, that'll maybe make him a little quieter. We'll see. <laughs> in any case... All right, I put them in the kitchen now. Okay, thank you. Now you know I'm at home. Um, in any case, what was I saying? Okay, so at this source full moon, a new moon, I always get these confused, new and full moon. It's a new moon, not a full moon. The luminaries also make a harmonious sextile to both the Cancer North Node 
and Neptune in Pisces now. Oh my God, that's so much better. <laughs> Which presents us with the opportunity to become more charitable and compassionate to others, but also not to forget to reserve some of that for ourselves. You know, it's called self-compassion. We may plant seeds around forgiving ourselves for not being perfect. And by that, I mean not being born Helen of Troy and seize any opportunities at hand to increase our self-worth by recognizing that we deserve far more than being judged just on our physical bodies, as I just noted. Now, at this time also, <clears throat> Mars in Gemini opposes Jupiter and Sagittarius. While this transit can be considered a quote-unquote lucky one, and hopefully most of us will experience it that way, like I just got lucky, see, the bird's quiet now, <laughs> it can also manifest negatively if we're not conscious of its higher side. This Taurus new moon in trying to planets in earthy Capricorn can create the desire for more good stuff, while its sextile to Neptune may make us feel it's appropriate to bestow our largesse on others rather than feel deserving of it ourselves. But Mars opposite Jupiter says this can end up being a recipe for overdoing things now. According to Rob Hand, and many of you who listen to this show um, know I, I like to quote from his book Planets in Transit, which delineates many, uh, you know, all of the major planetary transits and aspects. Um, and I quote here, foolishly overestimating your own abilities may cause you to bite off more than you can chew in a number of areas in your life. It may happen on the physical level if you overexert yourself and exhaust your body or take foolish risks that lead to an accident. Or it may happen in business if you overextend yourself so far that when resources become more limited in the future, you won't be able to meet all your commitments. However, uh, Hand goes on to say, and again I quote, with self-awareness, this whole picture changes. As long as you stay within your own limitations, that is your inherent limitations as a human being and the limitations of your situation or circumstances, you should be extremely successful under this transit. The sense of timing of your actions may leave others amazed and sure that you are lucky, but really you have succeeded because you have a complete understanding of the situation. End quote. So, we saw this energy quite prevalently in yesterday's testimony by Attorney General Bill Barr before the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee hearing. Barr is a Gemini sun and a Libra south node conjunct Neptune in Libra. Though we don't have his exact birth time, or at least I don't, so if anybody else does, because I'm trying to find it, please let me know. His Neptune's opposed by Venus and Aries making him a bit more prone to idealize or romanticize others, especially those in power, as he looks to have a moon in Leo conjunct Pluto in Leo. Now, I'd just like to point out, because you all know I sometimes mention politics as a way of illustrating the as-above-so-below nature of astrological energies and how they may play out here on Earth, that Barr was and has been less than forthcoming, meaning not always absolutely clear with his answers, while at the same time coming off as a little bit arrogant, with many calling for his resignation now, and as a result of his testimony because of his partisanship, as attorney general, he's supposed to work for the American people, but he appears to be working only for the president, 
we may all wonder if he hasn't indeed bitten off a little more than he can chew. As always, time will tell. Now, Messenger Mercury moves into Taurus on May 6th and will likely see communication become more practical in nature and a bit less fiery. However, Venus and Aries square Saturn and Capricorn on May 7th, likely setting up an initiative, proactive cardinal battle about whose responsibility it is for what. This is playing out now also vis-a-vis the Barr situation, as he mentioned the Mueller report was, quote, his baby now, while others disagree that he's the only one mandated to make any final judgment calls. Mercury in Taurus conjoins Neptune in Pisces on the 8th, and we may see more spin in terms of what's being told to us out in the world. So double-check anything you hear or are told or you think, and do that by you know noting what's going on in the outer world, but also where it may be happening in your inner world now, too. Meanwhile, Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto are all retrograde, urging us to go within to discover a deeper sense of inner integrity, independence, and survival. Jupiter's backward swim lasts until August 11th, Saturn's till September 18th, and Pluto's till October 2nd, and all will bring up recurrences of past issues related to these topics in one way or another. Jupiter, currently in its own sign of Sagittarius, is about justice. Now, you've heard me say, too, of course, that it's really the planet of higher consciousness. But as it's retrograding, we're tasked now with finding whether our inner sense of moral integrity and justice differs significantly from the mainstream collective view and to try to find ways to integrate the two. Be on the lookout for issues arising now centered on your own gut sense of right and wrong and note how these may differ from others around you. And then go deep. What does your heart and soul tell you? Saturn, in its own sign of Capricorn, replays now our commitments and asks us to review our inner sense of maturity and independence. Do we really need that person, that job, that house, that car, etc., etc., to feel like a mature grown-up? Or is it possible we can live without some of these relationships or possessions because they do not truly define us? And if they don't define us, then what does? What are our true beliefs? Ha! And that's the rub. Saturn's retrograde from April 29th last week until September 18th reminds us we came in with nothing and we can leave with nothing and that the one who dies with the most toys does not in actuality win. Pluto, also in Capricorn, retrograde from April 24th through October 2nd, he's the slowest moving guy, wants us to look at what's truly necessary to ensure our survival. And he posits the question, is that person, job, possession, etc., something you're absolutely sure you cannot live without? Because we must adapt to survive, we must consider this question from a more flexible point of view. Pluto's all about transformation, after all. And when we resist this natural, universal process, We must be wary of being eaten by a bigger fish 
or of going the way of the dinosaurs. Together, all of these retrogrades in play at this Taurus new moon tell us that we're setting the tone now and for the next few months to review much on an internal level that has to do with what we truly value in our lives right now. Relationships may change, issues from the past may resurface, but through it all, it helps to remember that we can do it, we can survive, and it is true, that which doesn't kill us, for example, losing that which we thought we could never ever survive without, makes us stronger, more adaptable, and able to survive anything the universe has to throw at us. So with that in mind, I want to explore the potential meanings of the upcoming Saturn-Pluto conjunction as it waxes through the first six houses of the horoscope. Now, I want to say two things. One is that if, because I try to be thorough, I run out of time before I finish this explanation, which I am hoping not to do. Um, I will most certainly include it, and that next week I will be doing houses. um, I'm planning on doing houses 1 through 6 right now and houses 7 through 12 next week. But anything that gets short shrift, I will be sure to cover uh, more thoroughly next week. The second thing is uh, there is a free giveaway this week which I will announce towards the end of the show, and that is for a free one-hour Karmic Evolution Nail Insight reading. And um, we will get to that anon, so stay tuned. Okay, so the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Capricorn in the first house. Mars naturally rules the first house, and the ascendant marks the point of incarnation into the physical body. It therefore has to do with your actual birth, and the birth process, how you came out, meaning your appearance, how you look, and how you choose now to present yourself to others and to the world at large. The impetus behind this house lies with the archetypal concept, I am. As Saturn moves, and that, you know, again, is about the incarnation. I've taken on, your soul has taken on a physical form, and now you can stand up and say, I am here. As Saturn moves towards its eventual conjunction with Pluto on January 12, 2020, and does its retrograde dance throughout the late summer and early fall with both the the, uh, south node and retrograde Pluto and Capricorn, we're tasked with repairing, rebuilding, restructuring, or structuring anew our own identity as we present ourselves to the world. And this can manifest in many different ways. I mean, literally, it may be time to take stock of your physical appearance, which I'd maintain also has a connection to your internal body as well, meaning your internal physical presence. Those of us who think holistically know that what worries the mind can worry the body and show up as what they call dis-ease. So now's a good time to take stock of whether or not you feel you have the right to exist in your present current incarnated form and to present yourself to the world in terms of the self-image you choose to exhibit, both literally and to a certain extent metaphorically, you know, what lies underneath. So you may choose to up-level your diet, to change your physical appearance in some way, be it through enhancements to the body or... Uh, what we take in that affects our physical appearance and our and or you know secondarily our mental beliefs and our emotional needs 
this conjunction in this house in Capricorn presents us with a Mars-Saturn mixture of energies, which can prove extremely frustrating. So you may have encountered, you may either have encountered, if this has been, you know, um, already waxing here, or you may yet encounter hurdles or blockages when trying to make any changes now. Mars' natural rulership of the first house makes these transits proactive, while Saturn, Pluto, and Capricorn say, hey, well, you may feel blocked right now, but you've got to have patience and go deep about the source of your desires in order to rebuild your image to match the true you. So if everything is hunky-dory in terms of your outward appearance toward life, then this is perhaps where you can look at what you attract to you. While, in, while the seventh house is the house of projection, meaning whatever we repress mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, we project out onto others who we then draw to us, the first house is where we may simply draw to us others who find us attractive, not only through our appearance necessarily, but through our beliefs, our practices, and how we engage with the world. So rethinking this becomes important now. Do we get more flies with honey or with vinegar? Do we explode with exasperation when we feel threatened or challenged? Do we bemoan our fate because we weren't all born tall or blonde or uh, male or female or athletic or whatever? It's time now to put these more negative self-limiting thoughts behind us and to understand we can achieve whatever we want as long as we do the hard work. Going deep, especially while Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto are retrograde now, and at this Taurus new moon, which has a resonance also with the physical body and the natural world around us, we may choose to start a routine of, mo of moving meditation, in addition to the other things I mentioned, up-leveling diet, exercise, you know, etc. But we might want to incorporate moving meditation. That's because it's Mars house. Mars doesn't like to sit still. Um you know, especially because sitting meditation may never have worked for us. If it does, great. And, you know, this is a good time to either start it, continue it, or get back into it. But, you know, whatever works for you, it's about getting into a state where you can clear your mind of fears, doubts, worries, or whatever makes you feel stuck or unable to give voice to your true sense of inner confidence about your actual right to exist and to express yourself out into the world. Identify what needs to be let go of as you evolve into the future. Um, because all these things will make you stronger and provide a more solid foundation about who you are in the end. Now, the second house... <clears throat> is the natural domain of Venus's Taurus, which has to do with the natural world and our place in it, as well as what it is we've come to value through what we deem brings us pleasure. It's easy to see how anything that pleases the senses is likely going to be put on our value-added list. Contrary to this conjunction in the first house and hard on the heels of tomorrow's Taurus new moon, we can begin to see how there's also a resonance to the physical body here as well and to whether or not our own sense of self-value and self-esteem lies in what we were told, taught, or forced to believe is true. So let me give you a few examples. 
You're supposed to be beautiful because this enhances your value in the outside world. So this conjunction isn't about forcing ourselves to change. Rather, it asks us to go deep about whether we must maintain an outward appearance of beauty because we were taught this is optimal or whether we can let go of what we formerly didn't recognize as other people's values. I'm sorry, but, you know, because we can let go of what we didn't recognize were not our own values. They're actually those of others that impose them on us. And that can have to do with anything, of course. It's not just physical beauty, but, you know, you're supposed to be this way. You're supposed to look this way. You're supposed to act this way, you know, and this is, this is what it's about. The second house is also about resources and the things that make us feel sustainable. It's a workhouse in the sense that it represents where or how we earn our money. So whether we're nine to five, work at home, part-time employed, or, it's, or our, our stay-at-home, I'm going to say, workers, as in a parent raising a family, it can relate to whether we feel we're being fairly compensated. We may eliminate any old ideas based on beliefs that really don't please us and that therefore, you know, we, we know deep in our soul carry no true value. Frustrations at work, perhaps around getting a raise or promotion, could rear their heads now. So use this time to allow yourself to unearth, excavate, bring to the surface where you feel your true value lies. And if that's not a good fit for where, you're current, where you currently are in life, job-wise, relationship-wise, or otherwise, then it's time to plant seeds around increasing your sense of self-esteem and self-value. Now, the, the second house carries often a very heavy found, foundation of being about finances. So, of course, that which pleases us are the things that we value, and when we have money, we're able to get the things that please us. But, you know, that's a material way of looking at things, right? So we want to look a little bit more spiritually at that now because, you know, so many of us feel insecure financially. So I think this is a message here for everyone, not just people with the, with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, um, waxing conjunction in the second. I just want to, you know, note that this is a kind of universal concern for so many people. So it's a good time to take a look at your finances, especially if, as I mentioned, we may be headed, which a lot of financial astrologers are saying, towards some bad weather, either by the end of this year or at some point during 2020. Um, you know, looking at your actual finances, if you're someone who doesn't control them, at least educate yourself about them. Find out the facts, find out what the bottom line is. And depending on where you are in life, if you're young and you haven't started a savings account or you're uh, middle, you know, uh, whatever, not middle age, but, you know, late 20s, 30s, 40s, um, and you haven't paid much attention to it, or if you're older and being mindful of retirement, um, now is the time really to avail yourself of the information that will tell you exactly how much you have because, you know, or how much you need because 
the you know only by getting clear on the facts can you actually change any situation and this this conjunction here for those of you who have it in the second you know i i focus on um self-value because that is the foundation behind what we accrue i do believe that you know the secret and all that stuff really stems from the fact that if we believe we're valuable enough then we'll draw things of value to us and it that's easy to say i recognize and hard to do but it's true again for all of us so you know shore up the financial foundations and figure out even if say you have a job but you really are unhappy and it doesn't represent anything about your true values, keep looking, you know, keep moving and um, just know where you stand so that you know where you can plan to be in the future. Now, the third house is ruled by Mercury's Gemini. And this house reinforces the I am and the I have nature of the first and second houses and moves us naturally into I think. It therefore has to do with how we process, understand, and express our thoughts, beliefs, and opinions um, of ourselves on the mental level. So the major third house themes are communication and siblings, but it's more than that too. It represents as well the local neighborhood, we call the near neighborhood, and the near family including, as I said, you know, uh, siblings, but also aunts and uncles, cousins, and those who may be a little more far flung. It represents also transportation, especially local, might have something to do with your car, if there's something going on on a mundane level with uh, your um, ability to, <laughs> to be transported from one place to another, whether it's a car or taking the bus or the train or whatever. Um, you know, that may be related to this transit currently going on now. Um, and it also represents neighborhood business or commerce, such as those businesses in your town or near your place of residence. So I'm going to focus primarily on communication now, but that's with the understanding that you get that there are other themes that may also come into play with this waxing conjunction. The secondarily, secondary most important one, I think, is siblings. Um, because Gemini is mutable, we contend, especially if we have planets in this house, to put our ability to think and process information into overdrive. Astrologer Liz Green, and she's a Jungian astrologer, likens mental Gemini energy to the fact that one thought train hasn't finished leaving the station before another one pulls in behind it. Its mutable nature can therefore cause the mind to go into overdrive, which can cause confusion. You, those who listen to the show may have heard me say before, when we talk about mutable energy in, um, uh, in general and Geminian energy specifically, I feel like I always get the mental image of the dog chasing his tail. And I, I think I saw a video of a, a dog chasing his leash around a, a wide bottom tree. That was very funny. So it's funny when you're watching it, but not so funny when you're mired in it or stuck in it, you know. So combine this with the fact that the, that the, uh, the Gemini archetype likes to collect, share, and broadcast information, but it doesn't necessarily source its information for accuracy or validity. 
So here the Saturn-Pluto waxing conjunction asks us to get a better handle on our thoughts and mental capabilities in ways that allow us to better understand what we really think and to bring clarity to why we think or believe these things. If Saturn's Capricorn um, rules this house in your chart, the potential exists to feel that grasping concepts and ideas are a struggle. We may feel we're not smart enough, good enough, or learned enough, especially if we experience any impediments to our education in our early childhood years. So is what we think we know what we really know? Or do we accept information based solely on its surface appearance or do we have what it takes to do the hard work of sourcing our information and figuring out if it has true meaning for us? This conjunction represents the opportunity to repair or rebuild our mental structures. Anything that leaves us doubting in whatever way, shape or form and to rebuild or build anew a sense of how we absorb and then communicate information. You know, we absorb the information and that's what we use to define our belief system and then we communicate out our beliefs. So our, our, and, and, you know, the third house also brings up the connotation of perspective. And when I talk about Gemini being superficial, the lowest form of Geminian activity is gossip, passing information based on hearsay and not validated through any factual source. So are the opinions we expressed based on actual fact or on alternative facts, fake news, or conspiracy theories? The more I look around, the more that I hear these things being echoed into and by the collective. And it's not to say that anyone is at fault per se, but when you carry this Gemini and energy heavily in your nature and your chart. And if this conjunction is waxing into perfection in this Gemini and third house, then Saturn and Pluto here say that you're not being true to yourself if you don't check in with whether or not you're the true authority here based not on emotion, you know, the kinds of emotion that can be elicited by information that comes to you from an unchecked or unvalidated source, but rather by doing the hard work of actually sourcing it. If we don't, we may well fall prey into the kind of rigid thinking that prevents the flexibility of mind that allows adaptation. You know, we also get stuck in that, well, he said, she said stuff. And, you know, I'm sure everyone listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's one thing to understand what you truly believe and then be able to back up your arguments. And another thing to simply repeat what others have told you. Um, so I'm not trying to be judgmental here, although I may sound a little that way. I am a very strong proponent of freedom of the press and of uh, each of us taking the responsibility to figure out where we get our information from. Um, and know that it's a reliable source. Um, but we also know that the only constant is change. So are we able to roll with changes in our thought processes by being flexible in the ways that I've described, or are we stuck in or overly focused 
on again what we were told, taught, or forced to believe by authority figures or those who held sway over our early lives or during past life karma. This is a house also that has connotations with public shaming. And, you know, there can be a resonance here to feel like if we express what we really think, we will be uh, ridiculed. And so I would caution anyone here that's got this conjunction waxing that, again, the job, the hard work to be able to evolve is or to be able to be flexible enough to evolve is to be flexible in your judgments and your thought processes that lead to those judgments. This in turn will eliminate worry about being judged or shamed and, and focus, us, focus us all on getting our facts straight. The art of debate or the true art of debate, I should say, has been lost sadly in our current society. And so if you've got this conjunction waxing here, be especially careful to, to do your homework and understand that your beliefs are valid as long as they're based on something that's true. And the difference between what's true to the rest of the world and what's true in your heart and soul. Listen to, again, your heart and soul. Now, the fourth house is Cancerian nature. And it's Cancerian in nature because it's ruled by the moon. And... Here we may now focus on what we experienced or learned about our own sense of emotional security and how this helps or hinders our ability to go out into the world feeling safe. So rules or structure during our early lives shaped our view of the past as perhaps having had in some way, uh, I'm sorry, as, as perhaps having had in some respect um, the caused the necessity of us feeling like we had to go it alone. And this may cause us to rely heavily on the belief that if we want something done right, we have to do it ourselves, or perhaps that we're the only ones who can take responsibility for others. So as this Saturn-Pluto conjunction waxes, we're tasked now with doing the hard psychological work of going deep into where we have beliefs around the fact that we're all alone, and that our survival depends on making ourselves useful to others. This kind of energy may make us believe we come in alone and will die alone, but the truth is that it's shaped by our early precognitive experiences. If left to our own devices as infants, this can kick up fears of abandonment, which make us self-reliant to the point of excluding the notion that we can expose ourselves emotionally to others. Cancer energies often reticent, shy, or unable to emotionally express, and restrictive Capricorn energy here brings up the idea that children are meant to be seen and not heard. We may recognize now that it's all well and good to go it alone, but why do we feel this way? This combination can bring depression, particularly because cancer's reticence to express causes it to hide its true feelings. So when we stuff our emotions, what happens? Now, cancer energy's uber sensitivity, and you know, my mentor Stephen Forrest always likes to say, when it comes to cancer energy, take the dial on sensitive and turn it up to maximum all the time. <laughs> so cancer's uber sensitivity 
is, as I mentioned, based on the fact that it represents our pre-verbal state. And there's been a huge amount of this written uh, in terms of psychological astrology and um, how the moon has really a lot to do with whether or not we feel secure in our in our lives. So, you know, this is what the moon is all about in nature, how we formed our sense of security in infancy and early childhood based on what we felt. If we felt unprotected, unprote- if our needs weren't adequately met, then the world's a very scary place, right? So this Pluto-Saturn conjunction represents our ability to create a new story, to excavate from our emotional past the areas where we feel our needs weren't met. In order to meet them now, we're tasked with going deep and realizing that the past was then and this is now. So instead of deflecting attention through caring for or nurturing others, It's time now to repair or rebuild a more solid emotional foundation through self-nurturing and self-compassion. And, you know, let me reiterate, this is a particularly good time. It's the bottom of the chart. The the IC, which is usually the cusp of the fourth house, is representative of the bottom of our charts and known as the roots of the tree. So the 10th house is where we bring what we've learned from the past, from early lives, from past life karma out and into the world. And again, we're stymied if we feel we constantly have to protect ourselves or that we're always going it alone. So we have to fight, you know, or, or, uh, you know, uh, guard our independence or something of that nature. But cancer energy, one of the things that I have learned through my studies is that cancer energy is at its heart nurturing. It is the sign of the mother. It is the sign of compassion. It's security, it's roots, it's family. You know, um, it's our past and our memories make up a lot of our beliefs now. So when we um, are are afraid because of our uber sensitivity to expose ourselves, particularly emotionally, to the outer world, we can tend to deflect attention away from ourselves, as I mentioned, by caring for others. And that can mean that we develop an inability to receive. So it's an important thing to recognize that those of us who are having this conjunction in the fourth house, or will be having this conjunction here, um, may need to allow ourselves to open up emotionally enough to be able to receive from others. If we practice now the kinds of meditative and holistic practices and maybe combined with psychological counseling or whatever, if one wants to go that route, which I definitely endorse, it's about allowing ourselves to feel self-compassion and self-nurturing. So if we are, for example, caretakers, I'm going to talk about that with the sixth house as well, you know, to make sure we take time to nurture ourselves. As we begin to do this more, we will then be able to see that it comes at us from the from others and that they will be offering us also nurturing and compassion. So don't shut it down. Let it in. Um, the fifth house. So the fifth house, this is the sun's domain through its rulership of the sign of Leo, which concerns itself with children, creativity, and romance. It also represents recreation, sports, gambling, entertainment, and any other kind of risk-taking. 
This is the euphoric moment in relationship before two people become jaded, critical, or judgmental, judgmental of each other or cynical about relationship. And in its pure form, it's about joy. So where is our underlying structure in need of repair in terms of our childlike sense of wonderment, awe, and joy, regardless of anyone's judgment or criticism from the outside? Our sense of proactive creativity may have been stifled in early life, causing us to believe we're not creative at all. And we therefore don't deserve to recognize ourselves as the solar, unique, creative individuals we really are. This is another good time to go back into childhood and to remember the things that when we engaged in them, they gave us joy. This may include creative endeavors in the strict sense of the word, which usually, you know, is the fine arts and, and um, uh, fine arts, music, dance, um, you know, anything that has to do with creative output. Uh, drama is another one because Leo is also very much um, connected to acting or being on the stage because you know, the Leo archetype likes attention. It likes to feel um, good by being praised. So again, you know, with this conjunction here, are we looking for outside praise to validate that we're creative individuals or can we give that to ourselves? So as I said, it might include engaging more in the kinds of creative endeavors uh, that, that take uh, the form of traditional creativity, or it may expand out to things like mathematics, language, science, etc. I mean, anything we create is ripe for what's, uh, is what's ripe for review now, because how we feel about our creativity may necessitate some changes in our beliefs that allow flexibility so that we may honor our true nature, which should be allowed to shine like the sun without impediment. Now, we may also need to do some work on our relationship with our literal children now as well, for those of us who have them, solidifying a stronger foundation that tells your children you not only accept your own sense of creativity, individuality, and uniqueness, with a sense of wonder and awe, but that they are a reflection of your own creativity so that they may also feel their own sense of romance and wonder. So number one, bring back to yourself while this conjunction is waxing, what brings you a strong sense of romance, excitement, and wonder to your life you know, Leo also loves to play games. So this could be engaging in um, more activities. You know, if you're my age, post-second Saturn return, you're concerned about, you know, cognitive stuff and not losing our ability to think straight, you know, and fall prey to stuff like dementia. Okay, I'm projecting. So maybe we want to do crossword puzzles or regular puzzles or sit down on the floor with a child, a grandchild, a friend's child, a friend's grandchild, whatever, and watch them. And as you watch them, you'll be able to understand what I'm talking about. It's like, oh, my God, capture this sense of joy. Watch a little kid finger painting and ask them what they're finger painting and listen to their answer, which resembles nothing at all like what you see on the piece of paper. <laughs> and you'll understand 
imagination and creativity in its purest, most childlike, and again, not childish, but childlike form. This is what we want to rebuild the structure of and foundation for going forward when um, this Saturn, Pluto, and Capricorn uh, conjunction perfects next year. Now, on to the sixth house, which is the domain of Mercury's Virgo. It's also a workhouse, but more as it pertains to what we do on a daily basis rather than the nature of the actual work itself. It's also the house of health and service. So Saturn and Pluto and Capricorn can be heavy hitters here because they touch upon the issue that we must be of service or we have no purpose in life. So this conjunction can be about further solidifying your sense of purpose through your actual profession, but it's a good idea to take note of how your daily routine may affect your um, feeling that you are of service and also how that may take a toll on, its on your health. The need to be needed and resulting self-criticism or, or judgment um, that we may expose ourselves to are probably not warranted. Remember, again, this is the, the house that represents the connection because of its opposition to the 12th house, 6th house, 12th house, Virgo, Pisces, all right? This brings into play very strongly the mind-body connection. And so it pays for us to really go deep and investigate now how what worries the mind is likely, at least eventually, to worry the body. I mentioned this before in talking about the other houses, but it, or some of the other houses, but it really, I think, is true if you can grasp that, you know, physical ailments don't all come from the outside. The difference between modern mainstream medical philosophy is that all disease enters the body from the external world, and the holistic community believes that the body is always trying to seek homeostasis and it has the capacity to do so from within. So if you are a believer or a proponent of the second theory, then what worries the mind is, like I said, very likely to worry the body at some point. So seek the source of your issues here by examining what you've been worrying about and why, because Saturn and Pluto here are saying that the old foundation is not working anymore being of service to others at your own expense or worrying inordinately does not serve. Now, being of service to others at your own expense is a little bit of an overlap um, by this conjunction in the fourth house, which I just mentioned. So uh, let me you know, be clear about that. There is some overlap. But in the sixth house, this may be, you know, any physical um, issues may be especially true for those with any gastrointestinal issues or ones that center around the processing of nutrients into the body. Digestive enzymes, everybody, check it out if you haven't. Probiotics, check it out if you haven't. Worry may well be causing an imbalance now, and it's time to deal with the problem at its root, the mind-body connection. The strong message here is that your body is your temple. If you are tasked with being a caretaker now for others, and many of us have that um, responsibility fall to us, either because we have uh, elderly parents or young children or both, recognize the toll this may be taking on you mentally and physically 
and incorporate into your life daily rituals like meditation to ward off the infiltration of unwanted energies now. Now, the only other thing I want to say about this is that, you know, the Virgo archetype, as uh, because of its uh, opposition to Pisces, can make us feel guilty. And so alleviating the guilt, if that is what you worry about, if that is what is at the heart or the foundation of your worries, then this is the time to take the steps to introduce into your psyche the concept that you need to feel guilty. There's nothing to feel guilty about. You're doing enough as long as you're doing something. And if there's reasons for not doing anything at all, then, you know, that those are yours. But the point is, if you fall on the opposite side of the spectrum and you feel like you have to keep doing, 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 now is the time to look into why that is and to replace that mindset with that, you know, what you do is enough and that you must nurture and also take care of yourself. Healer, heal thyself. That's the mantra for this particular um, transit and conjunction in the sixth house. Okay, so now I think I only have about two or three minutes left. So I'm going to reach my hand into my bowl of names uh, for this week's winner of a free one-hour Karmic Evolution Natal Insight reading. And the winner is dun, 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 Ellen Cosgrove. So Ellen, congratulations, and I look forward to your reading, scheduling it, and doing it. Um, now, aside from that, I actually finished on time. I'm so proud of myself. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> My conjunction's in the fifth house, so <laughs> I'm going to give myself credit for being creative and also punctual. <laughs> um, anyway, all right, enough. It's been a crazy day with the bird and everything. Did you see how he shut up because he's not in this room anymore? I think that's really kind of funny. I know he can still hear me, but he's not responding to me. All right, anyway. Thank you, everyone, for joining me today. I hope you found the information presented here helpful as you continue your karmic evolution in this lifetime. Be sure to join me next week, May 9th, for another episode of Karmic Evolutions, Astrologically Speaking, when I'll continue with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction through houses 7 through 12. Until then, may your journey be filled with karmic healing and the joy of greater consciousness. Namaste. Long ago, before this day's confusion did begin Throughout the stars did we go wandering Distance was no barrier And time it had no hope Free to come and free to go Free to come And free to go Open up the Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, 
Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.